This week on the OneCast, we're joined by Director of Sales of Missile Baits, Byron Childers. We're going to talk a little bit about how he got in the industry, some missile baits, and he is the guru of throwing big baits. We're going to get into some of that on the OneCast. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, son. It's a f***ing toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. What is going on, OneCast fans? We're back for another episode, episode 2223, something like that. I don't know, 500. Yeah. As you see, it's just Trey and I this week. We brought you one a few weeks ago with just Ben and I when Trey mm-hmm. was out. Uh, and Ben is on vacation, visiting his family in misery, doing a little fishing out there. <laughs> uh, so uh, not to offend anybody that's listening from Missouri. It's a great state. Um, so he's doing a little fishing over there. And yeah, but it, it has been miserable. The fishing, he said, has not been great. Yeah, so. yeah he's been, he hasn't had a great time. So as always, uh, we'll, we'll plug our sponsor, OneCast Fishing. Uh, head over to OneCastFishing.com. Use the code TheOneCast, all one word at checkout to save 15%. Check out their snagless jigs, long neck hooks, uh, weedless neds, and uh, get you some of those. I've been catching some giants, so. For those of you who can see us, speaking of the one cast, if you look right above between Pete and I, we got an awesome piece of art that was painted by my boy Seth. A uh, huge shout out to him. Um, and if you guys get an opportunity to check out some of his fine art, Seth Hartman is a name. You can find him on Instagram and stuff like that. So thank you, Seth, for hooking us up with some cool swag inside the very awesome studio that we have going on here. And we're constantly trying to make changes and uh and change the ergonomics in the room for everybody so you know shoot us a comment and let us know what you'd like to see yeah so just real quick in the news uh two two major tournaments have ended since our last uh, episode mm-hmm. lay lake elite series will davis jr local beating uh brandon polynick by two ounces yeah uh, bp actually had it one but had a dead fish uh waiting for his video to drop because it sounds like it had something to do with the partition in his live well and a call tag uh, i don't know what exactly happened but that's what uh that's what was talked about on uh, Mercer's podcast. I uh, don't know if the fish got caught and got in a weird position or what exactly happened. So uh, be interested to see his video. Actually, he had two. Uh, I mean, w- local boy went in, but Polinek is is back-to-back for second in uh, in two events, one being the Lay Lake and one being the Open that they just had. So two second-place finishes, not too shabby of yeah. a payday for him. Yeah. Um, and you know how those largemouth get inside the live well with call tags. I mean, sometimes, depending on the system you're running or the boat you have, like sometimes they get in a funky way. I, I almost think call tags, they scare me sometimes. I feel like they kill fish. I don't know. No, but I don't, I don't know. I don't have any issues with them if you put them on. I mean, yeah, they can die just as easy without them. That's so. true. That's true. Uh, the other other event was Bass Pro Tour, Gunnersville, yep. Alabama. That's right. Jacob Wheeler. He everybody was saying what happened to Jacob. Nothing. He's right back to where he uh, where he finished yeah. last year, back on top, yep. uh, taking home a win there. And uh, it was a, that was another pretty close one. Yeah, uh, it was kind of interesting because you had uh, Dudley was fishing shallow, catching them. Wheeler was fishing offshore, catching them. Mm-hmm. They're kind of back and forth. So it just goes to show uh, you can catch fish pretty much anywhere uh, if you're confident and and know what you're doing. There's always shallow fish. There's always deep fish. So so don't think you have to do what everybody else is doing. Fish your strengths. We talk about it all the time. That's right. But that's enough 
Unless you got anything you want to talk about. No, by the time y'all are hearing this, our uh, our friends at the National Professional Fishing League will be wrapped up uh, on Santee Cooper. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, a lot of people are getting to fish their strengths on that body of water as well. So all in all, a lot of good tournaments rolling around. And uh, yeah, let's jump right into it. Yep. So I'm going to bring Byron on. Byron, can you hear us? I can hear you. Awesome. I'm going to make you big and us small. Uh, <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, my ego. No, I'm just kidding. Byron, uh, Byron Childers, we gave you a quick introduction. Uh, Director of Sales with Missile Baits. Currently, uh, you've had a long career in the fishing industry. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah. No, Byron Childers, Director of Sales at Missile Baits. Um, I've been with Missile since 2018. Um, and been in the industry somewhere close to 20 years now. So always in sales. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was the, uh, sales manager for, uh, gambler lures for 14 years mm. Okay. up until 2018 when John Cruz offered me a job and I could not jump quick enough. <laughs> gambler were you, you were living in uh did you live in florida down there local to them they're out of florida correct yeah yeah i grew up in south florida and worked in the office there um had a had a big corner office kind of um until 2012 when i moved to middle tennessee and started working from home okay mm -hmm. yeah. so where did you where did you grow up at uh, like as a young kid. So we were originally from Memphis. Okay. But, but we moved to South Florida, like Fort Lauderdale area. Gosh, I was young, you know, mm. like four or five. So, I mean, I, I grew up with the, went to school, went to high school in, uh, in South Florida there. So, I mean, fish the Everglades, fished Okeechobee every weekend, mm. <laughs> you know, canals after school type deal. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Endless bodies of water to yeah. fish. No wonder you're oh, in the everywhere. industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and dude, there's giant bass in like neighborhood lakes and golf oh, courses yeah. and canals everywhere down there. Yeah. There's also giant alligators. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like got giant pythons. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Python. Yeah. Did you, were the uh, peacocks starting to get caught when you were still living down there? That's a little bit further south. No, I mean, that was it. Fort Lauderdale. Um, that line is kind of like West Palm. So we were, we okay. were in it. Um, there were certain neighborhoods that I would go to uh, that had a bunch of peacocks. So, like, mm -hmm. my my PB peacock at the time, of course, I kind of viewed them as trash fish because you couldn't right. weigh them in a tournament, um, was, like, six pounds, seven pounds, something like that. Mm, that's pretty good. But they're dumb. Like, they're dumb. You can, <laughs> you can take a rattle trap. You know, when they're on the bed, you could just dangle a rattle trap and they'd eat it. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. It dates. Yeah. Man, I wish a largemouth. Really. Yeah, I was gonna say, but we pri <laughs> we pride ourselves on trying to figure the 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 actual not trash bass out, the larges yeah. and the smallies, and yeah, I, I kind of feel like spots are kind of trashy a little bit. They eat pretty much everything, you know. I would but, I would disagree with that. But our uh, spots are different. okay. So our spots are not Basic. supposed to be here. Yeah. Your spots are probably supposed to be there, right? Well, they call they they call them Kentuckys around here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you got lakes like Lanier mm -hmm. that are, that are magnum spot, you know, lakes. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Ours are not magnum spots. Yeah, so ours ours are, are like our, big ones, two and a half. Ours look like fish sticks. And yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll throw them on the bank. 
Well, <laughs> that's all good and fine until you're fishing a tournament and then you can't keep more than five in your live well, you know, but North Carolina wants you all of the invasive Alabama spotted bass. They want you to keep them. There's no creel limit or anything like that on them. And uh, uh, they're fun when you want to get a kid into fishing or you just want to go out there and rip some lips. But, yeah. you know, most of the time a tournament winning bag isn't coming from invasive spot Alabama spotted bass. You're not going to so, win a tournament with spots. Yeah. So yeah, here, I but I, I'd love to get down the Lanier because they, mm -hmm. they they grow them Mondos down there and they eat big, Dude, which we're going to talk about yeah, uh, yeah in a little bit. But so, how did you get? Did you go to school for sales and got in with Gambler? Or did you did you just you know how that how'd you get started in the industry? And so my dad was a sales guy, my grandfather was a sales guy. So I mean, I, I grew up around that. Um, went into Gambler uh, when the the current owner bought it it was out of bankruptcy court. So Russ, Russ Bringer and Mike Sermon had it prior to that. And I was a little kid going in there, you know, and, and spending time with those dudes and they would, you know, teach you all they could while they're sitting there putting Florida rig waste together and bagging worms. And uh, so I, I'd, I'd become friends with them. And then when the new owner bought it, um, I went in there looking for jigs or something and hit him up for a job. He told me no, uh, two or three times. And then the fourth time he was like, damn dude, you're persistent. Like you ever mm -hmm. sold anything? You know, I'm like, I know, but I, I, I think I can, you know? So, uh, he, he, uh, hired me on like a 90 day trial period deal. And, uh, we doubled the size of the company in 90 days. So, wow. wow. Yeah. From there where he had it, you know? I'm starting there. There's a, there's a pattern with missiles employees. They're persistent. Cause when we talked to Alex, his, uh, he was persistent about it, you know, getting in there as an intern, uh, even though oh, there really wasn't anything. Alex, and no, I'm, I'm not <laughs> on board with Alex being here, but That's what, was, what drove you to gambler? Was it due to proximity or was it due to believing in the product or, or, or kind of a combination or how, how was that? Man. So in South Florida, gambler, is and was the deal mm -hmm. um you know local local day and everybody knows now if you go to florida you, you kind of got to throw it you know mm -hmm. um and so that was it was super cool to me like i initially went in there looking for a job in the warehouse or sweeping the floor something anything was better uh as a foot in the door in the industry versus the wholesale seafood company i was working at okay uh, while i was going to college for a few years you know so mm -hmm. yeah and is uh, your, did, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, did you, so you, you started, you were in college. It sounds like, did you study sales or what was your, what was your plan in school? So my plan in school was to set myself up for my professional fishing career mm -hmm. and uh, figured the, the industry job could help with that. And then after a few years, well, I'll back up. So I went to community college for two years and figured out that I could make more money working and not have student debt. Yep. Um, so I quit. Um, and, uh, I still, still stand behind that decision. So to yeah, me, can't. you can't, you can't teach somebody to sell. Now you can mold them. Mm. Um, but you either, you know, you got to have it or you don't. Right. Uh, fortunately I, I was okay at it early yeah. on. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I got to give, uh, I got to give Valasinski with Gambler a lot of credit. Like he, he molded a young, naive kid 
you know, and, and taught me quite a bit, you know, on what to do, what not to do, you know, that kind of stuff at uh, gambler. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's important. And we, we've talked about, you know, there's so many ways to get in and you don't necessarily need to have an education. And I think everybody's plan that you meet that's in the industry, if they didn't have some form of a, a fishing career, the, the plan always was, that was what, you know, what they were chasing. And, and uh, you sort of figure out, like you said, you can make more money doing uh, work and then going to school uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of get, you kind of get in a rhythm and uh, you know, and obviously it's opened up tremendous doors for you. You have a long career in the industry. Um, before we go into like transitioning, we'll, we'll talk some about missile uh, for anybody listening or watching that might be interested in, in sales. Obviously you don't need a degree. And, and I think we've talked about it before. That's they can teach you some stuff, but it's not the most important thing. What do you, what would you look for if you were hiring somebody to sell for you? What is the, those key personality traits or, or things? Man, like I'm that having, sort of I'm having, I'm having flashbacks at fishing university. Uh, <laughs> did they just hit you with these same questions? Oh my God, dude. They did. It was such a train wreck. Was that when you were at the uh, school and you weren't sure what to do with your hands? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, drop out of college. Student debt is bad. The government's trying to kill you. I mean, it was bad. Uh, um, Trump. Uh, um, yeah. No, it was. See, I've already screwed up the politics thing. Um, <laughs> no. So, um, my gosh. Um, you don't have to have a college degree. I mean, any more to me, uh, you see a lot of these kids, they go to school, whether it be for gender studies or whatever, and they're never going to get a job doing that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so myself, it was, you know, I kind of, I was given an opportunity and, uh, and the, the guy gambler took a chance on me and, uh, was able to learn, you know, kind of trial by fire. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but knowing how to deal with people. Yeah. Uh, is big. Um, although being a sales guy for so many years will make you not a people person. Oh, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> dealing with the public. Fortunately, in my position, I get to deal with an educated consumer, um, yeah. independent business owners and, and stuff like that. But I still enjoy the retail trade shows. It's all fun now, you know, at this stage in the game. Right. Um, that that could have sounded bad, but it's not. Um you know, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tip my hat to the fishing university, the ability to sell, um, yeah, just the willingness to learn, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think the, and, and, and not, you know, you have to get over the fear of rejection. Cause I mean, they're yeah. going to tell you no a lot more than they tell you yes. When you're starting out, especially mm -hmm. depending on where you're working, you know, if it's a, if it's a smaller regional company like gambler, I got told no, the majority of the time out of state. Yeah. Um, and then being persistent, I've got, I've got numerous stories, you know, just being persistent, not giving up, um, you know, and they're finally like, dude, what, like, what, what do you want? Like, just send me, <laughs> send me, you know, whatever you want. So like a gambler, it was kind of like a telemarketing thing, you know, mm, which, yeah. which, you know, like I said, what to do, what not to do. Nobody likes a telemarketer. Right. Oh, can you still hear us, Bob? You there? 
Yeah, no. hey, we lost you there for a second. <laughs> Man, I had somebody tried to call me. Oh, you're Sorry good. You, uh, it was probably no, a telemarketer. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was probably a telemarketer. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm curious. So rewind, when you walked in the door and you said, I want you to assume risk and hire me, uh, do you remember like what you said that triggered them to make a decision right then and there or did they have to sleep on it or how did that work so it was a unique situation um the guy that owns gambler val uh his background was in technology and um he owned a i want to say it was like a computer liquidation company and so he managed a team of telemarketers Mm -hmm. and these were like ruthless cutthroat like Wolf of Wall Street type dudes, you know, it was all about call times and sales numbers and conversion rates and micromanaging and, and all that. And so after we got past, no, you can't work in the warehouse and pull orders. He's like, I need a sales guy. Um, and being young and, and moldable, you know, green, I think it, it fit what he had been good at previously. You know, if that makes sense. So it was, it was kind of the right place at the right time kind of deal. And I, that's cliche to say, um, but it, it worked. Yeah, so. no, I think that's important. And, and you brought up a lot of good points and we're by no means dissuading anybody from college. If, if that's your plan, that's your plan. No, if you want to do that and, and by all means, you know, yeah. uh, when, when I went, when I was going to school, uh, my major was business administration. And, um, I enjoyed all the accounting classes and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, public speaking, uh, I always struggled with that early on, hard to believe. Um, but you, you get a lot better at it as you go. And I'm, I was the type of learner, like, man, just freaking throw me to the wolves. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yep. I think, um, and, and this is, this is, you know, fast forwarding to 2023. It's a, it's a perishable skill. It's a skill that, uh, you know, me and, and, and what I do and being able to converse with people and have human engagement and just have a good casual conversation. Like I, I see it slowly diminishing over time. Like a lot of people are fantastic at writing an email and they're really good at social media marketing. Um, but as long as they don't have to talk to anybody, but yeah, yeah but, and, and that's the thing is like, it, it's really hard to, find somebody who has the charisma to go in somewhere with no understanding of what the outcome is going to be and navigate through someone's mind to help them make a decision on how to get to yes, you yep. know, and, and that's, that's something that I went to college and I don't feel like I learned anything. Um, I, I really don't like, I can't even remember anything from like, it's sad. Maybe it's too many yeah. knocks to the head, but I just don't feel like that prepares you for the environment that you're working in right now. Your profession of being a director of sales and actually having to develop relationships based on mutual trust and, and, and negotiating and all that stuff. That's hard to teach. I mean, even the FBI does negotiations and that's only a one way negotiation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's critical, man. And for, for modern day, do you see that, in your profession where these young adults are coming and they're persistent and they're trying to get jobs or once they hear no, they just walk away and you never see them again. Uh, 
a, a good mix of both. I mean, it depends a lot on where you're from, how you were raised and all that. And, uh, you know, what, what I see more of is, is there's, there's more and more customers or, or dealers of ours that do business via email or text. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, a lot can be misunderstood mm-hmm. with email and text. Um, the inflection in somebody's voice says a whole lot about what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, where if you were to write that down, you know, man, this guy's a dick, you know, yep. but yeah. you know, no, I was kidding, <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, and, and it's a lot more personal. Um, and, and my brand of sales and what we believe in at missile is it's all about relationship. Yep. hundred uh, percent about relationship. Uh, there's a lot of companies out there where you're just another number, you know, they want to talk skews and margin and this. And what I love about the fishing industry and missile in particular is that, man, we go to these shows and Pete's seen it. Like oh, yeah. we hang out with our friends yep. for yeah. a week and we have a blast, you know, and, and, um, the fishing I do and the reason why I'm so active on social media too. And, you know, with the family and fishing and big baits and all that, like when I call somebody and say, like, bro, you whacked them this weekend. You had 35 pounds. Like, what'd you do to catch them? Oh, by the way, let me give you an order. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it takes the, it takes the, uh, the awkwardness out of it and, and your friends, like you get to deal with your friends. Yeah. And fortunately I've been able to do it for, for 20 plus years now. Yeah. yeah. That, that's important. Those relationships, like you said, are in, in any job. And yeah, I'm like, like Trey was talking about some folk, like I, I'm the guy that if I sent you an email, Myron, you'd think I was a dick because I am not good. <laughs> I'm not good at phrasing emails. I'm very to the point with my emails and it, it doesn't sound, I, I pretty much every time I send an email in my, in my job, I have to send a follow-up apologizing because I go back <laughs> and read it and I'm like, they probably think that that's like, like, yeah. So I, I always followed up with like, I hope you didn't take this the wrong way. That's not how I did yeah. um, Which puts you a little behind the eight ball if you're trying to sell that guy something. So. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily I'm not selling anything. So well, yeah. you're selling yourself. But you're right. Um, there's relationships that are transactional and that's what I see a lot in, in the world. I'm not, I'm not, I'm in the military industry. So very, everything is very much transactional, but relationships yeah. are your best weapon system, hands down. And if you have a relationship that you don't have to worry about transaction, you can get that common ground, like talking, fishing and Oh, by the way, you uh, let's get your order put in for you. Then all of that, all of that awkwardness is taken out of the situation. You know, that's, that's a, that's a, so it doesn't even seem like work to you anymore. Does it? Majority of the time? No. I mean, you you still got line reviews and spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's, uh, it's not, you know, it, no, I mean, I, I love what I do. Couldn't be happier, you know, working at missile for John. Um, And it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. So you talked about um, you talked about you, you wanting to use uh, or or get in you know with with gambler uh, to talk about your professional fishing career. Am I correct on that? Yeah. So that was that was kind of tongue in cheek. So I mean that was my that was my goal as a young kid. Uh, wanted to fish professionally, and when I got in the industry and got to know a lot of these pros, I kind of determined I didn't want to live paycheck to paycheck. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of those guys, you know, there's, there's a small handful that aren't included in this, but the majority of them, um, 
need to make a check in order to get home or get to the next tournament. And, uh, that's, you know, and I didn't want to sleep in my truck and, you know, I mean, it, and I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a family, you know, and, and it's best, uh, for a lot of these guys, you know, there, it could cause divorce. They never get to Mm. see their kids. Um, that's just not the life I wanted to live, you know? And so I decided against that and figured I was better at selling baits than catching fish on them anyway. Yeah. Mm. And that's part of the thing we want to bring light to is the other ways to still be around fishing and still fish without doing professionally because. Yeah. Yeah. I still get to hang out with all the same guys, you know, like all the pros and you're backstage and you're, you're at the elite series and you know, uh, a lot of guys in the industry are like caddies for certain, certain pros. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all sorts of different things you could do, you know, be around it and still be around what you love, what you're passionate about. Yeah, mm-hmm. those, you know, and like you said, there's a small portion. We talked to Destin about it. You know, he's, he's lucky the job he has uh, that allows him to fish as part of his his actual job. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, outside of guys that have been good at marketing themselves or building and guys that come to mind when I talk about it are guys like Mike Iaconelli built his yeah. name and his brand. Ishman Rowe has built a brand around his name and, and is, well you know, well-respected. John has built Missile and, has you know, has that in the background. But there's a lot of guys that don't have that, like you said, and and I I know a number of them that I talked to. And it's like if I don't cash a check this week, then I'm not going to make a truck payment. Yeah, I'm eating ramen. Or yeah, or the mortgage yeah. is two months behind. I need a check this week, or or they're going to take the house. Or um, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's a tough was, life. So the turning point for me, and I won't I won't say who it was, but uh, they won the classic, so that'll narrow it down. But if he hadn't won the classic this particular year. I mean, he had a second, maybe a third mortgage on the house, you know, and, and was unsure if he was going to even be able to fish the next year on tour. Mm-hmm. And then he won the classic. Yeah. Um, and to me, I, I, that's, that's playing it too, too close for me. Yeah. I think it's interesting when, when young, uh, when young people say, you know, I want to be a professional angler and we talked about this before, but would you submit that the pro there's some pros or probably quite a few pros that that's only a fraction of their profession. Like it's a platform. Oh, hundred percent. Right. Like hundred percent. It's a platform for me to market my actual private business. I have, it's a platform for me to be a content creator. It's whatever the case may be. I'm an insurance adjuster. So I sponsor myself or your sponsors. Yeah. So like, there was a debate about like, what's a professional angler, you know, and we went through the gambit of it, but I like a football player is just a, an NFL football player is just an NFL football player. And they have some charity organizations. A lot of them do, but for the most part, they just play football. They have their endorsement contracts, but professional anglers, at least in the tournament sphere of professional anglers, dude, it's like being a law enforcement officer and having to mow yards on the side. Because you're not being paid enough, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you can't live on tournament winnings alone. Um, Maybe, I mean, KVD probably could, you know what I mean? But it's been a while since he's cashed a check type deal. Yeah. Um, And I I could be wrong about that, but I don't watch MLF. Um, Yeah, me either. So, uh, (laughs) so, uh, shameless stab um, right there. (laughs) That's all right. I take take a shot every chance I get. (laughs) I work for an Elite Series pro. So, um, there's, 
here's a better way for me to put it. Ish Monroe will always have a job with Missile Baits. Mm-hmm. I don't care what tour he he's fishing, um, if he's fishing tournaments, because the dude can sell. Yep. And yeah. he knows how to move the sales needle, which is yep. everything potential sponsors, and this goes out to you young guys looking for sponsors, it's got zero to do with what the company can do for you. It's got 100% to do with what you can do to move that company's sales needle. So whether you need to build up your social media following or you need to catch more fish in tournaments or become a local hammer or get in good with all the local independent dealers and, and be an asset, you know, to any tackle company, whether it be missile or cash in or whoever, mm-hmm. make yourself irreplaceable with your relationships or your ability to catch fish or your ability to sell. And ultimately all of that boils down to moving the sales needle. Yeah. Yeah. You, you nailed it. We, when we had an entire episode where we talked about pro staff and, and ambassadors and, and paid staff and all that. And at the end of the day, that was exactly what we, the point we tried to make. And we'll bring it up again for, we, you know, are, are we look at our statistics? We have a lot of young listeners, younger listeners, you got to be able to provide something to the company, sending them a message on Instagram or emailing Byron because you find his email somewhere and saying, send me some free baits and I'll make a post. <laughs> That's not how you get in with a company. No, you need to make yourself marketable. You need to be able to sell. You need to have, you don't even need to go out there and be a local hammer. If you, if you can fish and provide decent content and you have relationships with local shops or local people that are going to order and buy, you can make yourself valuable without having sure. to go out there and catch 30 pounds every week. I think yep. a lot of I think a lot of these the even older even older crowds like I know there's a lot of um guys that that I fish with or or that are still on active duty military that just will at their younger age they they were in the army or they were in the military and they they can't fish professionally but they're like man I want to give it a shot when I get out but my my advice to them is like if you're going to ask a company for support you're almost applying for a job at that company like go in the mindset like hey i i need to put a resume together i need to have a good portfolio i'm going to apply for a job and a lot of these guys work they're going to get jobs where that maybe a few years down the road they can look to their ceo or their different business partners and say i want you to assume some risk on me and sponsor me through this deal to help market and, and sell, sell your product. Right. And, and I like Destin has an awesome job, yep. right? He works for Dura edge, correct. Yep. But he uses professional angling as a platform to push Dura edge. Yeah. He's, he's a marketing. I don't know if he's the marketing director, but his job is marketing. So yeah, his marketing is fishing when he was on the elites, the elites, yeah. how he's yeah. fishing the EQs yeah. he, when he's traveling around, he schedules around tournaments to take clients fishing. Uh, yep. They call it the, the, uh, I forget it's called like the bass fishing experience with Destin the Marion and they take yeah. their clients out and he, you know, in his rat boat and he takes them fishing and, and all that stuff. So he made himself marketable outside of That's right. being able to fish. Yep. <laughs> I think, uh, I think another, another uh, telemarketer, another telemarketer with some spam calling going on here. That, that was a telemarketer there. Was 100%. it? <laughs> you should have answered it. We could have dialed them into the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, going back to it, you you, you kind of hit it. Like, don't don't ask the company to do something for you. Provide the, the company something. You know, yeah, it's an instant turnoff, honestly. Um, yeah. And we get we get so many. I'm sure you know, like, hey, I'm in a I'm in a bass club. I love your stuff. You should give it to me. 
And I'm like, um, uh, yeah, so no, no successful business has ever given all their inventory away. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Believe it or not, we're here to make money and sell stuff. Yeah. And I think, and if you can help us do that, if you can help us do that, um, I have got a bomb squad guy that, uh, that we signed up this past year. And, uh, there, there was an account in New York that I've known forever. Um, and I wasn't able to get in there with missile just yet. Well, this dude's a local hammer. Um, Rich Ortiz is who it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know Rich will. And, uh, I mean, he, he caught like a seven and an eight pound smallmouth, like yep. back to back recently. Um, but anyway, he's good friends with, with fish three Oh seven. So, uh, mm-hmm. his local store. And so they wanted to pick up everything that rich uses. And, uh, so the opening order for fish three Oh seven was, was a really, really good size order. And I'm like, Rich, dude, you're killing it. Like this, this is how you do that. You know, like you got missile into a store that I wasn't able to get us into. And it took, uh, it took us sponsoring Rich or taking a chance on Rich per se. And uh, now he is, he is becoming more and more irreplaceable. Yeah. So that's, uh, if you're, if, and I'll say, I'll put it this way too. Fish what you like, right? So like, if you like, cashin rods or leviathan rods or strike king or yamamoto or missile or whatever fish what you like and start you know talking about it posting about it whatever and and tag everybody and then they'll notice that but if you call somebody up and say hey i need to know who to talk to i've got a dealer wants to place an order for a bunch of your stuff you go right to the head of the line Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy how that works yeah Yeah. Yeah, it is. And a lot of that's lost on a lot of people uh, that if you provide something to the company beforehand, if you come to them with an opportunity, there's likely to be an opportunity for you following that up. Uh, It's not going to go unnoticed. No, my, like my next question is who else, you know, buddy, (laughs) you know, let's go. So, so you came into missile, you said 2018. Yeah. So right before the COVID fiasco, yeah. Oh yeah. So I, How, I what was that like? The, oh, no, yeah, go ahead. Ra- good. Sorry. To wrap up the gambler deal. So I was there for 14 years and basically kind of hit the ceiling. Um, I had a wife and, and two girls and, uh, and needed a little more and then was kind of, you know, hanging out, waiting, waiting for something else to come along, ran into John at a show and, uh, and Julie, who, who was our office manager. Mm-hmm. Um, Julie happened to let me know that John was looking for a sales guy, but don't say anything. And I'm like, well, I already texted him, told him I'd take it. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I've known John for 25 years, like his first year on tour, we met on Okeechobee and, uh, he would come down every year and pre-fish with me back when you could do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I mean, like I said, yeah, I mean, John and I've, I was 14, maybe 13, 14 when John and I met. Wow, wow. And he was right out of college. So yeah, he had just, yeah. just started down the, the pro yeah. pro trail so, uh, and doing all that. So in 18, John's like, man, we didn't, we hadn't even talked money yet. I'm like, I don't care. Like I'm your guy. Yeah. So we, we got all that worked out 
and uh, he takes he takes good care of me, and yeah, hadn't hadn't looked back. No, that's awesome, and you're definitely you definitely fit the mold mold of missile, and and the crew that they've built uh, is is a ton of fun, and and you feel like family and a, and a friend anytime you get around everybody. So, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's know, awesome. It, it, it's all I'm I'm all about us making everything in the U.S., and that's not going to change. I mean, John and I agree on basically every aspect of missile, um, yep. like the core values, um, how we do things. I, I can't tell you that he and I have ever had a disagreement or an argument. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when he, when he hired me, I'm like, man, is there any direction, anything you want me to, you know, he's like, dude, I hired the best sales guy. I know go do sales shit. Mm. Okay. So there's zero <laughs> micromanagement, which is, yep. which is, a thousand times more motivating. Oh yeah. Um, versus the, the opposite. Um, and it's like, it's liberating almost, you know? So, I mean, you set your own, you set, you I mean, you can, the world is your oyster, I guess, you know? Yeah. I knew he was going to say that. I yeah. No, that's that. huge. Like, <laughs> you know, I've had, I have some direct reports and I've had them in the past and I've, I've had good managers and leaders like that, that I get hired and you ask them, you know, what, what direction do I have? And it's like, I hired you for a reason. Yeah. You know what to do. Go do what I hired you to do. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you get that, oh, man, I've only had one job where I was like micromanaging. I didn't even make it six months, and I I quit. Dude. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> that's that's why. Looking- Go ahead. No, I mean, you're looking for buckshot to eat, you know? Like, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. With all, the, with all the micromanaging. It, you know, depending on what position you get into a company with, like I was just telling one of my guys at work this today, I was like, don't ever ask if you're in charge of something, don't go asking people what you need to do. Like, because Correct. to me, to, to me, that's like saying I'm not competent or confident in what I need to do. So I need that. Well, you know what? Then you're not fit for the position. You yeah. need somebody that is going to spearhead this thing and take it in a direction based off our core values and what we believe in. And if you're just doing that, then you're going to be fine. The question I wanted to ask you, though, is when you walk into the realm of sales, whether or not you're a, a new guy or say you've been in sales for some time or you walk into a new company, is it overwhelming trying to learn the inside of the outdoor door space, the, the outdoor industry, the fishing industry, is it overwhelming at all? So it wasn't at missile, like, because I already had all the relationships. Yeah. Um, and this is going back 20 plus years now. <clears throat> so, I mean, yeah, it was overwhelming when I was 20, 21 years old. Um, mm-hmm. 20, he hired me when I was 20. Um, you know, I did, I had, I, he gave me a list of the current accounts and I called them all and introduced myself and, uh, you're just kind of learning, you know, what they carry and, and who's who and who handles the buying and whatnot. Um, and, de- and developing a rapport with them. And then there comes the cold calling, right? So, yeah. so a gambler, we would buy, and this goes back to him being in the computer industry you could buy leads lists, right? And so I would get a printout of a thousand tackle shops across the country, break it down by state. And I would spend the majority of my day cold calling, which Mm -hmm. absolutely sucks. Um, (laughs) But 
and you get hung up on a lot, you know, um, telemarketing. But you do that for a while and then you get to know a lot of these guys. And then, then I'm making, you know, a gambler, they wanted us to make 80 to a hundred calls a day. Oof. Um, yeah. And, uh, but doing that, like I'd, I'd be working a show somewhere and hear a guy's voice and I'm like, Oh crap, that's Brad from JBC Outfitters, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you pay your dues and you're in the trenches for so long. And then now Brad walks in and he looks for the missile boot. Um, or I could holler at Brad from across the room and, and say something smart, Alec, you know, and then he'll come over and like, Hey, sit down, let's write an order. But you can do that to somebody after knowing them for 20 years, mm -hmm. you know, um, flippers, bait and tackle. This is one of my, my best stories to tell in my opinion. Um, flipper had owned a tackle shop in middle Tennessee on old Hickory Lake for 40 years. And, uh, Side note, he that's who's buying this boat that I'm sitting in this year. Nice. Um, we get along well. <laughs> so uh, I called Flipper the first time. He said, I'm not interested. Hung up. Called him back a second time. He's like, dude, what, what don't you understand? Like, I can't sell Gambler around here. Hung up. Third time, he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, man, just hear me out. I don't have time. Call me back next week. Called him back next week. He's like, all right, like, what, what, what can I do? How do you stop calling me? And, uh, now I don't necessarily advise doing this, but this, this is just a story. So, uh, at the time I'm like, man, what do you got in there? That's not moving for you. And he says, excuse me. I'm like, well, what brands do you have that you can't sell? He's like, well, I got a bunch of go-to baits, you know, or whatever it was at the time. I'm like, how many bags you got? He's like, 400. I'm like, I'll give you a $2 bag of credit. You can throw them in the trash. And I'll give you an $800 credit towards a bunch of the stuff I'm selling. And he's like, you got a deal. And it, I think at the time, I had him box it up and send it to me, and we blew it out on eBay. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, anyway, it got our foot in the door. And then fast forward a couple years, and he carried everything we made. Now, when I left Gambler and went to Missile, he carried everything Missile made. Mm -hmm. um, and he was a lot of the reason why I ended up moving to Middle Tennessee because I was up here running tournaments with him, you know, for so many years. So he followed the person and not the product. Exactly. 100%. Because of the relationship. He and, I, he and I had a relationship. And to this day, if we talk, like, love you, dude, when we hang up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's cool. Yeah. So he called me this past year and he's like, Hey, uh, when you order your new boat, I'll pick my colors. I'm like, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's yeah. uh and you don't get that you don't get that with every every company. You don't get that with everything. And that's one of the things <clears throat> when you meet meet the guys from missile, if you go to go to a retail show or a show and you meet John, uh you just you can immediately feel that from from those folks. John's the same way, super welcoming. You can tell he's genuine, just just one of the best people people I've met, and it and it trickles down through his company. So it's it's no oh, yeah. even it's, Alex. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's Alex. You know. Yeah, but we'll see how his head gets now with that opens win. You know. I mean, dude, granted. they had to they had to get a bigger bay door. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, granted, John doesn't want to be, uh, you know, work in the booth. He wants to be fishing the event, but it speaks I would volumes. I John to fish the classic instead <laughs> yeah, of working. Yeah. But, but it speaks volumes when he is down there at that booth. You know, he doesn't have to be. Right? Dude, if he's but not he, fishing, he's working. Like, he's, right, he's in the working. office Monday morning uh, before anybody else. And he, yep. you know, he leaves in the afternoon and he's home with the family. I mean, it's That's right. And it, if he's in town, he's there five days a week, mm-hmm. you know, um, he's got, his work ethic is awesome. Uh, and he definitely leads by example, which is great too. Absolutely. That's good. So 20 years ago until, and, and fast forward to now with social media and the ability to really, you know, back in the day you could cold call somebody it'd be like a corded phone or maybe the first few cordless phones or whatever yeah. uh, but now you can actually do some research on the person that you're getting ready to call you can actually find yep. i mean we do it all the time you know nothing on the government side but like we do it all the time right <laughs> we, we do we do a profile we, we build a profile on somebody and it's like okay this is what they're interested in this is the 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 terminology they use this is the language they speak like this is exactly how we're going to get after, you know, getting in touch with this person. Has it made it easier or more challenging now to try to pick up new clients? No, um, it, it's, it's far easier, you know? So if I've got a, a bomb squad guy or something, it's like, man, I was in this tackle shop. Like I just need them to tell me the name of the shop, you know, That's and I it. could pull up, I'm, I'm really good at Google, really mm-hmm. good at Facebook and pulling up the information, I can get the guy's name, uh, the address, the phone number, all that stuff. I just need to know that they exist. Yeah. Um, and then call them and, and you know, that's where we utilize our bomb squad or try to is like, Hey, we had our guy in there. He sent me pictures of the missile you've got. Just wanted to thank you for being a customer and, and see if there's anything we could do better or make sure you've got everything you need. Or at the very least, let me set you up on our, you know, in my, in my deal, that way I'm emailing you the newest of the new, the day it comes out, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether they're ordering through distribution or they're ordering through me direct, you know, it's, I just like to have a relationship with as many dealers as I can, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. So for Um, anybody watching or listening, I think you'll, you're hearing an overwhelming thing here and it's relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's where a lot of different companies uh, drop the ball is they one they in the fishing industry they don't fish yes you have (laughs) zero in common with fishermen if you don't fish yep yep Uh, and i had i had taken a little break from fishing in between gambler and missile and john's like man you realize you need to fish and i'm like well darn it say it ain't so (laughs) um but it's cool because i was able to go to the wife be like well you know john he's he says I have to fish (laughs) (laughs) and he wants me to keep up on all the newest, you know, baits and rods and reels. You know, I got to be able to relate to my customers and know what I'm talking about because they're going to see right through me if they don't. She said, well, is John going to buy your boat? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that's a different story. story. (laughs) So um, that, that took some finesse. (laughs) <laughs> um, so uh it's like a joke now because she she realized i was full of shit but, um, <laughs> so the boat deal is pretty funny i uh i called a buddy of mine 
who's a boat dealer and a tackle shop. And I'm like, man, I, I said, I, I, I want to buy a boat. Just keep an eye out for a good used, you know, express or G3 or, you know, preferably a Skeeter, but something I can finance. Right. Which I was going to cross that bridge with her later. Um, and he's like, all right, cool. Well, he called me back three weeks later and he's like, welcome to team Skeeter. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? And he's like, memo deal pro staff mm -hmm. and uh i'm like ah yeah well, what, what you know he's like well they give you the boat for 12 months delayed note and then you owe them the price of the boat and i'm like what no uh-uh i can't no like she will shoot me i will be living in that boat i can't take that chance you know he's like i already told him you'd take it she's waiting on your call you know so i i call uh I call Skeeter and talk to him and I'm like, all right. So I had to sell my wife on it. Like, no, no, it's, it's fine. You know, like it's, it's a really good deal on the boat. It's nothing out of pocket. And, uh, I, I kid you not a guy called me he went because of flippers. Some dude walked into flippers up here and he's like, I'm going to buy a new nitro. And he's like, that's not how this works. He's like, for the money you're going to pay for a brand new one, you could buy this guy's top of the line Skeeter. And so the guy called me and he's like, Hey, I, I want to buy your boat 45 days after I got it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, uh, you, you could do that. In 11 uh, I months. Got, <laughs> I got to keep it for 11, 11 more months. He's like, that's fine. I can bring you a deposit next week. I'm like, okay. You know, so the first one was gone. So I was able to be like, see, I told you, you know, it's, uh, it worked out. So the, the boat deal has been awesome, but, Skeeter and and through my dealer, they wanted the missile director of sales and a Skeeter. Mm -hmm. um, those doors don't open with other companies, you know. Right. Um, and they realized that I could put a lot of qualified buyer butts in the seat. Yeah. And have been able to sell a lot of boats for them. And then with the social media reach that that we have at Missile and and different opportunities. I mean, hell, if you look at the cash and rods catalog this year, there's me and the Skeeter boat mm -hmm. that I had that year in the mm -hmm. catalog. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it works out. It's, it's been awesome. You know? So the salesman sold you and you had to sell it to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see you how it works? Oh, Are I'm, I'm, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, man. So, okay, well, you know, yeah, you know, but it's You're it's it's not much up. of a negotiation anymore. That's right. That's but know. I'll tell you what, though, uh, I might have to take you up. You're you're kind of selling me because Skeeter was our very first bass boat in our family. So uh, I'll have to uh, have to hit you up because I'm I'm looking here soon after I retire in a couple of years to maybe get myself back in a Skeeter or something like that. So well, yeah. that's for that's for after the show. But so yeah, I mean, but that's all relationships, you know, from flippers and and working missile and doing all this stuff. And, you know, it's all about creating that network. You know, sometimes a small circle of friends goes a long way. And so in missile, they, we call it the homeboy shopping network. And it's a go. big part of it. Uh Ike you know there's there's all kinds yeah. of dudes that have become part of the homeboy shopping network yeah yeah it, it, it's a real thing what do you think the most challenging thing is now for you being so uh so senior and seasoned in the industry what do you find the most challenging thing is 
Um, I mean, the first thing that pops in my mind is just growing and, and re- reaching that next level. Yeah. Um, you don't ever want to get stagnant. You're never content or you shouldn't be as a sales guy. Um, and, and trying to get missile to that next, that next step. Um, you know, and it, and it takes, it takes everybody's involvement. Like Alex is absolutely necessary as an inventory specialist. You know, Mm -hmm. it takes the pro staff, it takes the bomb squad, it takes marketing miles, um, you know, the creative content director, um, and sales all working as a team to get it to that next level. Um, I can't do it by myself. Um, you gotta have pull through, like I could, I could open up a new dealer with a $5,000 order. If people don't walk through the door looking for it, we failed somewhere. Yep. You know, and if, if that guy has a tough time reordering, we failed. So, I mean, um, our goal here, you know, in the team's effort is to, to keep all those deals working and growing and moving forward and really picking up the ball where other people drop it. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's all, it's from the top to bottom because we look at John, you know, when he goes and travels for a tournament or even when he went down to pick up his new boat last year and things like that, he hits dealers that oh, carry he's popping it all, in tackle shops. Yeah. Show, and he's, Absolutely. he's doing social media posts and he's making sure that he lets folks know that they have everything we make or, or if they don't have it, let them know and they can get it and, and yep. you see Alex doing stuff like that. I see you posting like on your personals along with missiles. So that's mm-hmm. a huge, like you said, to grow, it takes everybody doing that because yeah. you can sell to every dealer in the country, but if they're not selling it, they're not going to. That's order. right. That's right. Yeah. How, how critical from, from the, the, the business perspective, how critical is innovation for making sure you're on top of, or, or the leading edge in, in the industry? Depends who you are, I guess. Um, we like to be innovative. There's mm-hmm. other companies that like to knock stuff off. Um, mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. But um, we would rather it, put it this way. We don't make a Cinco. Right. One, yep. they refer to all stick baits as Cinco. It's Cinco. Yep. yep. Who sells the most Cinco's? Yamamoto. Gary Yamamoto. Who's always going to sell the most Cinco's? Gary Yamamoto. Who sells the most beavers? Missile. Reaction innovation. Oh, do they? Yeah. Ah, I didn't even know. Sweet beaver. I didn't even know yeah. they're in business anymore. Oh, yeah. They are. I don't... They are. Josh Josh Heron's a, a good buddy of mine. But, oh. And he also has Tato Design, just makes a hell of a swim bait. I don't know. I throw um, D-bombs. Tato doesn't make Well, and, and so the, the beaver and the D-bomb, two totally they're different baits, two yeah. totally different actions. But... Um, Probably a poor example. So if you look at a chatterbait, right? Who sells mm-hmm. the most chatterbaits? Z-Man. 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 Um, and the pattern here is it's the innovators of this stuff. Yeah. They're yep. filling a hole in the market when they come out with that. So it, it pays in the long run to be innovative. And it, it's also a lot tougher um, to figure out, you know, well, what's going to be the next hot thing? You know, now, now we didn't come out with the first Ned bait, you know, that was the TRD, but the Ned bomb was a totally different action to that bait. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's, there's innovation within a category. Um, You know, we could have just, we could have just knocked off the TRD. I mean, 
Yeah. Or other companies just took their Senko mold and put a gate in it. Yeah. You know, did that. But and I was going to say the Senko is a great a great example because you guys have the forty eight, which is your stick style bait. Yes. And, and Trey and I were just talking about it the other day, and it's like if I'm just out fishing for fun, I'm going to throw pretty much whatever. Yeah, junk yeah. baits. But if Not I junk, when I get but... into a tournament, I'm going to have a forty eight every single time because I have confidence in that bait catching better fish, and yep. it's a little bit different action. Everything's a little bit different. It's a different they shape. They don't see as many of them. Yeah, it's you know, not thrown as much. And and I think, and you see it, you know, the magic worm, I think it's another great example. Robo worm has a, theirs, but the magic worm is different. It's got a different shape, a little bit different action. But in lieu of us knocking off the robo worm, yeah, and nobody can, is doing that in this industry, yeah. why not <laughs> Why not partner with robo worm? Yeah. Who makes the best robo worm? Yep, you saw so, it with that. You saw it with the spunk shad. And the spunk shad, I mean, Scott uh, Shaw Wecker's a, a friend of ours, Galen. Um, we licensed the mold from them. And so yep. we've got missiles, spunk shad. Um, and we're coming out with a 3.5-inch size here soon and along with a couple new colors as awesome. well across mm -hmm. all the sizes. Um, but we're not going to knock our buddy off. Right, I mean, right. We, we, we could have called it the funk shad. <laughs> and I still like changed that too. it 10%, you know, um, but that, that would have been a dick move. And so, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, Scott makes a good royalty off of them and, and we're putting them everywhere we can, you yeah. know, and it's, it's an honorable deal and everybody wins. Hog farmer wins. We win. Um, yeah. Robo is very happy and, and we're very happy with the magic worms, you know, oh, yeah. it's, uh, they've both been home runs. So. Yeah. So is we, we hit innervation uh, just from, I mean, and you don't have to go into grave detail or any specifics, but the industry is awesome, but there's some ugly in the industry too, isn't there? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, the coolest video that I saw come out of ICAST lately, and I believe it was two years ago, it was Ben at the hookup tackle. Him and Jeffrey walked around the show and blatantly called out all the knockoffs. Yeah. Mm. I remember that. Um, it was the realest, most true video to come out of ICAST in years. And it, it's sad that all these other companies uh, would do that. You know, I saw, mm -hmm. I saw some new ones today. Like, like if you check Bass Blaster today, there's front and center, yeah, yep. there's a knockoff of the Spunk Shed. Yep, yep, I saw that. Um, by, a, by a big company, you know. And uh, it's, it's not the look we're going for. Um, you know, there, and then there's, there's a lot of cutthroat stuff here and there. I mean, we tend to avoid a lot of that stuff or hell, all of it at missile. Um, yeah. we don't get bogged down in the drama. We don't, you know, and, and we're friends with, with everybody in the industry. Like we don't look at, oh, excuse me, Josh at reaction innovations is a cutthroat competitor. Right. You know? He's a friend of mine. Um, mm -hmm. and part of what we're, uh, good at at missile is say a new dealer calls us and like there's no website you can go to that tells you who to buy things from how to buy them at wholesale right right there's not you know what i mean yep. so they get a hold of me well between john and myself we know most everybody and i want to be that guy's first call because mm -hmm. i can get them hooked up with all the distributors that needs to get hooked up with I can get him hooked up with all the manufacturers direct that he needs to get hooked up with. And that guy had to make one call. 
and then I'll man, I'll reach out to Megabass for you. You know, I'll get them to call you. I'll reach out to Cashin. Um, I mean, ask Jason Holland. You know what I mean? Like Jason and I talk all the time. Yep. And I'm sending them leads or vice versa or whatever, and uh, it helps. You know, and then these companies will reciprocate the favor. But that that dealer. I want to be his first call anytime he needs anything. So, I mean, if yeah. he calls me looking for sweet beavers or, you know, uh, uh, Trixie sharks, or I don't even know if they still make that, but, um, <laughs> um, you know, whatever jitterbugs. Yeah. Jitterbugs. I can get them jitterbugs. So, um, he calls me and we, we make it happen, but that way I don't have to sell that guy anything anymore. You know? I think I think that's a great example. We talk about this all the time. People want to, they say they want to grow the industry until it's time to grow the industry. That's basically something that Pete coined. And, uh, but that is a perfect example of how businesses can grow the industry without cutting the throat of another business. Yeah, Byron and Mister, sure. they, you know, you guys walk that. And John, John associates him with associates himself which in turn is going to align missile with companies are the same way. When you look at Spro, I, yep. that's a huge look at, they wanted to come out with a, with a glide bait instead of knocking off. Like so many other companies have, they partnered with one of the biggest, they, in got, industry with, with they KGB. got with KGB. Yeah. They, they came out with their Chad, Chad One Eighty, and they, you know, they threw credit back to the original maker. They could have, like you said, changed a 10% and thrown their own name on it and, yeah. and been down the road with it. But that's not the way, they do business. It's not the way John, John's not going to align with a company that in turn comes back to you. And yep. like, like Trey just said, I, I say it all the time. Everybody in this industry, you look at social media posts from anglers, from other companies, they all talk about growing the industry and getting new people in until it's time to actually do that. And then they don't want to give any information about anything. Yeah. What is the best advice because you're so you know, like it's, it's a piece of the, of your fabric now, like this industry. Um, when a new person, say a young, small business owner is trying to get into it. Um, I'm not one of them. I'm, I still have a couple of years before I retire. Uh, I get and you then hooked I'll, up. Hey, you know what? I can sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in a white dress, man. You know what I'm Dude. saying? But here's the deal. Like, like show me. <laughs> Uh, I'll show you with all the taxpayer dollars I spent of yours. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Good one. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> he's like, I'm never hiring you. But no, seriously. So for, for somebody trying to get into the industry, you know, somebody, they, they got to find their niche. What is the worst company that could, tr like, what is the worst product somebody could try to get into the industry with? You're talking like toughest to try uh, yeah. to sell. Yeah, toughest, toughest yeah, phrase, product ever. Phrase that different. Yeah, the toughest yeah, product in the fishing industry to sell. To sell. To sell. Ah. It would probably be a startup bait company. Yeah. Yeah. Or a startup rod company. Yep. Okay. Or maybe even line. I would say line. So like, I would okay. think line would be tough. I would say line. So if you're, if you're brand new, right? Like you're, you're whoever, you know, um, and you want to start a line company or even, a, I mean, there's plenty of garage bait makers now that get a little mm -hmm. decent local following because they give away half everything they produce. Mm -hmm. um, but a line deal, 
to me would probably be the toughest because that's that's like your your link. Yep. You know, if the line fails and you got to switch people away from their confidence line. Sure. It's not like tying on a bait or trying a new hook. And yeah. and anybody's tungsten will do tungsten things. Yep. <laughs> um but line and, and I know my experience like I was fishing a bigger name line. You could probably guess what it was. Um mm-hmm. I had it break. I switched. I don't trust yeah. it. Yeah. Shame on um, me. I probably just got a bad spool, but in my mind, I'm not losing a four hundred dollar swim bait again. No, nope. <laughs> I'm with you. And I was I had the same issue with I'm pretty sure probably the same line. And yeah, I and it switched. works great for a lot of other people, but yeah. I don't trust it. And I, and I tell have a problem that. with Invisex, and they don't pay me to say that. Yep. Yeah. You know, but I mean I would think breaking into the industry as a new startup line company would probably be the toughest if i had yeah. to had to guess that'd be yeah, a tough that, that's interesting I, di- I didn't expect that answer i thought you were going to say like a new crankbait or or you know a, but a i mean I, like six cents is a relatively new company yeah and they're absolutely killing it yeah they are i yep. mean just just knocking them down left and right um mm-hmm. guggen flashing the pan but they killed it they did, yeah. Uh, and now they're not. Um, <laughs> nope. And and it's and I'm not saying that maliciously. You know, it it was. Yeah. It was my opinion was they were very very social media influencer heavy, and when those guys decided to go a different direction, yeah, they took yeah. their fan base with them. Yeah, That's we've right. talked about it off you know off camera because we try not to get too much drama, and you know how people are. But that was yeah. exactly it. They had that huge social media push and as guys started to pull away and do different things, you kind of saw that flat, like you said, the flash in the pan was six cents. They came in heavy in social media, but they've maintained their focus. But they've yeah. maintained it. It's they've done yeah. it a little different than yep. and I'm not talking trash about Guggen no, no. or any of that. Um, I'm just observing things from an industry perspective, but yep. um, I, I know it was different. It kind of took the industry by storm the way they did it mm-hmm. and it was different and it worked really, really well. And then yeah, it disappeared. Um, yep. Six Sense has done it different and they're still, they're still going strong. I yeah. mean, they're, they're yep. cranking out numbers. Yeah, they are. I um, mean like full disclosure, man, I'm, I'm a huge, uh, I'm not in the industry other than podcasting and stuff, but I love, I love some of the Six Sense products. Like they catch fish for me. Uh, yeah, and and I use them. You know, I also. But you'll try. Them. You'll try, try a brand anything. new six cents crankbait. Yep. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Bandit crankbaits, one of the greats before yep. they were bought out. Um, yep. That that was you know a new crankbait at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean anything pose, you name it. Uh, yeah. Bomber. Uh, you know, you, yep. anything was a new crankbait. So I mean, it's probably easier to bring out a new bait. Yeah, I agree. especially a hard bait. Yeah, uh, because it takes a little more money to do all that to get started up. Yeah, and you know, you you would assume it's going to be a little more refined um, than a plastic that you could pour in your garage. You yeah. can't make a lot of crankbaits in your garage unless they're by wood. But even then, they have a cult following. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, they do. You know what I mean? They do. Yo, they and do. Like they... like the swim baits. You know, like these guys. Like I'm gonna make a glide bait. Well, HPH. You can't get them. Hinkle shads. You can't get yep. them. They're still made in that dude's garage. Yep. Um. And they make a comfortable living and don't 
it, the swim bait industry is totally different. It's a wild than, industry. Than the traditional fishing industry, which which I've been a part of for so long. So I've I've learned the swim bait deal. And uh, it's it blows my mind how these guys are like, we're not accepting dealers. It's like, yeah. yeah. You know, or or DRT only wants six dealers in the U.S. It's like, dude, I can I I could help get you in fifteen new stores. You know, but do they you, don't they don't want it. It's do you, do you think that's something that a lot of small business owners fail to do though? Is is not manage? They over expect like let me let me think of how to say this. They want to grow too fast. Right. And they don't have the ability to pump out the volume. They don't understand how to manage staff. They don't understand how, like, there's so many numbers involved in like growing a business. The best thing they could do is almost sell out if they don't want to be that big. And I think that swim bait deal you're talking about is uh, they're just like, dude, we're comfortable where we're at. Like, this is the volume we want to pump out. And we know that at any time we could call somebody and it would it would just, they would explode. Right. Yeah. So like, I mean, like, uh, book, Mike Buka bullshit. He's yep. a friend of mine and he was kind of the first to, to bring his baits to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he worked his ass off cranking out baits in his shop to sell to dealers. Um, and took that route where a lot of these guys, they can't, they're not big enough to scale up to sell to dealers right. or they could only, and I'm not knocking them. I mean, it, you, you are one person and you might make the best bait in the world. Like, uh, like, like clutch, right. Yep. Um, newer swim bait company, Josh Plates is a, is a good friend of mine. And I've, John and I have both, you know, we do everything we can to help them. Um, he came out with the OG and then he got with Justin Kimmel and, and created the darter, mm-hmm. which has got a lot of tournament success here lately. Oh yeah. Um, and then he's got the boss, but Josh is, I mean, he's back there just cranking out baits and he's willing to open up a new dealer. He'll sell to McKee. He'll sell to, you know, bait works. He'll sell to, you know, tackle warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he can't pick up any new dealers, you know, other than the five or six until he gets that tackle warehouse order done, you know? Right. Uh, but that's good on him. He's trying not to overextend himself. And you that's can good. grow you can grow little by little, you know, as long as you can manage it. And he's got guys helping him now, and, and it, it's, it's opening up new doors. Um, that's what holds a lot of these guys back is, one, you can't find good help. And I'm That's not saying true. this about Clutch, but other companies that I know, uh, they can't find good help or reliable help, and or they just don't care to grow it any bigger. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's Sc- scaling a business in moderation is pretty important. Uh, and, and you know, it's not like there aren't other factors like the economy itself, uh, the logistics. You know, all of those things like they play a huge role. Um, the, the last question, I know I asked him a bunch of questions. No, you're and good, man. What's missing, in, in, from your professional opinion, what is missing? in it? So you got the conventional 
fishing industry, which you said, this is the way I would phrase it, the conventional, which is pretty much everything. And then the unconventional, which is like the swim bait cult and some of those other things. But what, what in your, (laughs) what in your, and in your opinion, what is something that we don't have enough of, or that is maybe missing in the industry? Uh, It'll sound like a broken record, but relationships. Mm. Like, I think everybody would do better and the industry would be better as a whole if they focused on building good relationships and helping everybody out. You know what Mm. I mean? Um, It's, it's, there's a lot of corporate uh, coming in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Although some of that might not be working out too well. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't know what it's mean. The, the main thing that it's missing, well, maybe would be the, the relationship aspect no, I think, of it. I think you nailed it with that. Cause you look at, when I think about, you know, I've been around for a little bit now and I'm, I'm pretty open. I talk to everybody when I think about the companies that the stuff that I use and that I'll tag and that I, I will tell about other people, they're companies that take the time to build that relationship. Like missile, and, and, I didn't and even by know relationship. It, it it may not even be between the company and the dealer. It could be between the company and the consumer. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, or just be accessible. Right? Yep. Like John Cruz, anybody. I'm not going to list the number, but anybody <laughs> could call the missile office and talk to John Cruz. Um, he is one of the most accessible. Uh, business owners and professional fishermen that I've ever met. And I've, I've been around them my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and take the time to respond to an email, you know, even if it's them asking for free shit for their college tournament, at least send them a reply, you know what yep, I mean? Yeah. Or like, like somebody's managing the, the Instagram messages, you know, or, you know, a personal note in, in closing the order or, mm-hmm. yep you name it, you know, to me, it's those little things that are kind of missing that we try to be good at, um, that could help the industry overall. Those are hundred percent the things consumers notice. Cause I notice it. I try to, I try to spread around, you know, I order for missile, I order direct from you guys, but other companies, if I'm ordering stuff, I'll go, you know, I try to use like Omnia or bait works or, or try to use different companies. Yeah. The ones you go back to are the ones that have those. Like Omnia, when I first ordered from them, was a handwritten note in every single order. Uh, yep. Now you don't get that, but they stick a bag of beef jerky in there with your order now. Bizbaits, oh, do does it? Yeah, you get a whole bag of beef jerky now. They used to just give you one Jack Links. I got a whole bag in my last order. Maybe Dude, I'd spend I spent too much uh, money. I don't know. I might place an Omnia order tonight. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but Bait WRX sends you, you know, a little handwritten note. Thanks for your order. And, no, you know, they throw yeah. a couple decals in there or whatever. But that, those are the kind of things that consumers notice. And what, yeah. I, what I was going to say is, like, when I first – you know, I grew up in the hunting industry and I did a lot of stuff there and then I got kind of out of the sports and then I got back into, into fishing, you know, and, and started going to some shows. And the first time I met you, they were like, introduced me to you. And it was like, I'd known you forever. Instantly. You made me feel welcome. You know, we talked, there was some ball busting it, you know, you just felt like, okay, these are my people, John. Yeah. I think it was the second time I ever met John Cruz. He, he didn't know me from, from Adam. But I was having issues with a, a truck. I put a ton of miles on my truck because of my job. And we were at a show, and I was having an issue. 
And I was sitting there and you could tell I was stressed. And he was like, what's up, man? And I was like, I'm just having truck problems. I need, I probably need to start shopping. What's your number? And he texts me his, his guy that he deals with for Toyota and was like, tell him I sent you. I didn't know John from anybody. Yeah. But that, those are the kind of, that's how you build those relationships. Those are the kind of reviews that come out with these YouTubers that do reviews on bass boats that do reviews on products and stuff like that. They, they talk about those things. Um, I can't remember the guy who does it, but he has a YouTube channel that legitimately breaks down every bass boat by price and by being able to get a hold of the, the dealer. His you name's Ken. T- he's, he's from Texas. Older yeah. guy, white hair. Yeah. Yep. And, Goatee. And, yep. That's right. And um, Lake Fork guy. Uh, he's from Ken. And he's around. His name's Ken. He, he's from around Lake Fork. What is it? Under Overpriced or undervalued? Like he does that on those boats. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the name. I'll have to pull. I the can't YouTube. remember the name. But anyways, the, the, I know the, the guy story, you're talking about. But the story of that is, is he's like Team Marine. Is Team Marine? I don't know. Anyways, uh, he talks about that. He's like, when I call a boat manufacturer and I get a, a, a recording, you know, a robot talking, or I call another boat manufacturer and I literally get the CEO of the company who's out there like putting in the work to build that boat. Like I know instantly what kind of company i'm going to be dealing with and uh like dude i ordered some biz baits the other day and, and got a handwritten note in there and i was like man that's super cool yeah. you know and i even said something to the guys at the classic uh when i ran into them and i was like they don't know me and i don't know them but i appreciated that stuff so you know those little things go a long way and that's what you guys are talking about with those relationships that's how yep. you grow the industry and, and you're right so and i'll, I'll be like spro for instance, I had an issue with the, fl- the first run of their flapping frogs. They had an issue with the weights. They were they were falling out. And uh, I, mean, I was smashing fish on them, but the weights were falling out. It was kind of a pain because then you got to finagle some lead wire in there to make sure it stays the right way. And mm-hmm. But I emailed them, and I never expected. I was like, I probably won't hear anything back, but I want to just make them aware. Most of the time, if I have an issue with a bait, I don't want anything. Like, I'm not asking for you to replace it. I want to make, sure, make, you're, I wanna make yeah. sure you're aware. Hey, you got an issue here. You might want to fix it. So I just yeah. said, hey, I just wanted to let you all know these weights were falling out, blah, blah, blah. It was like 25 minutes. They emailed me. Hey, yep, we're, we know there's an issue. Uh, here, send me this adri- address, and we'll send you two for every one you send to us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yep. I'm not going to send them back because these ones are catching fish, and you know how that is with a bait. Like, <laughs> if something's I'll different, just buy some more. Like, I'll just, yeah, I'll just yeah. buy some more. I don't want to get rid of these ones. But yeah, yeah. You don't get that with everybody. Like there's other companies you might reach out to and you're not going to hear back from them and you're not going to have a relationship with them or you're going to get some drone in India on the phone or, or you know, somewhere that barely speaks English <laughs> and uh, and they're trying to walk you through and they, they don't they don't necessarily care about your problem. And yeah. that's I really like that the whole theme that we've got to has been about relationships because building a relationship is how you get into the industry. Building relationships is how you grow in the industry and those relationships are how we're going to continue to grow the industry. So for you, for, for y'all listening and and watching, like that's, that's the theme and, you know, go have a conversation with somebody and, and get out from behind your phone. Anybody can text or email, not all emails are 
created equal Pete, but anybody can text (laughs) or email or write a review or write a comment, but it takes a, it takes a special kind of person to just have a conversation like we're having right now, you know, and, and we've all met before we've all seen each other at the classic and stuff like that. But if I didn't know you, I would have no issues coming up and having a conversation with you, shaking your hand and being like, Hey, my name's Trey. Appreciate you taking a few minutes to to hear me out on this. Right. And this is why this matters to you. Um, that's a skill that we, it scares me, but you know, we're losing a lot of that. So it's dying. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, uh, but yeah, man, um, the last question I had for you is if you were to, uh, if you were to go back in time, like getting into the industry, what would be something you would have done differently? If anything. Hmm. So this one time in Vegas. <laughs> it stays in Vegas. Disregard. Okay. All right. All right. Um, that, that is a true story. Um, that's, that's an old ICAST story probably. We'll stop recording yeah, no, was, and talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, man, I, I don't uh, – I mean, everybody makes mistakes as they're young and green and coming up, but I don't – you learn from them, right? Sure. So mm-hmm. I can't I can't say I would change the mistakes I made. Yeah. Because I feel like you learn from it and it makes you better at what you're doing or makes you a better person. Yeah. Um I honestly I should have saved more of my money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um being young and, and and you know, working a gambler early on, I was making pretty good money for, you know, early twenties and living at home still. Yeah. Um, and spent every damn dime of it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I would have been hindsight. I'll put it back on me. I, I should have been a little smarter with my money back then. Um, uh, took me a while, but I'm, I'm getting there. Um, you know, it, uh, and as a, in a, as a sales profession, a lot of times you don't have the 401k, you don't have the insurance, you're paying that out of pocket, Yeah. you know? And, uh, so like investing earlier on would have been good, you know, just being wiser with what, uh, what I made. But I mean, that's, that's more personal than industry, Yeah. but, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I can't I mean, I've, I've screwed plenty of stuff up, <laughs> but that's not always a bad thing, but it, you know, you learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, my advice to people is, uh, well, first of all, you don't know if it's going to be a mistake until you make the choice. Correct. Right? You, don't be nope. afraid to take the chance. Exactly. Take right? unless you're just telling somebody off. That's probably well, yeah. <laughs> but take some calculated risk and don't be afraid to get hit in the face and, and bounce back from that because that's yeah. that's the resiliency. They they can't teach that in school. That's taught in life. That is literally on the job training, on the life training, whatever, like take some calculated risk. And especially if you have some goals and I know we've talked about it before, there's been some negatives out there, like in the, in the fishing industry, like no one is a victim of anything except for your inability to make some decisions that are going to hopefully work out favorably. And if they don't, then just don't make the same one over and over again take some risk and get get yourself out there put yourself out there develop those relationships just because you don't come from a, a really well off family doesn't mean that you can't be successful no no um, no and, doubt and, 
And uh, no we, we see we, we're seeing a lot of that on so we're seeing some of that on social media right now. And just for those our fans and our listeners and stuff like that, like any anybody can uh, can try to go after that goal. It doesn't mean it's going to work out, but you know, you'd be ashamed to, to not try it. You know what I mean? Sure. So, no, so if there's something that. you want to do or something you're passionate about, I mean, go for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and don't take no for an answer. <laughs> you didn't right so yeah. it, it call it call it being hard-headed or dumb or whatever but i i didn't like that answer yeah and he's sitting in my skeeter that's right, <laughs> right exactly actually no technically this one's flippers yeah that's flippers. Um, flippers. and I, I believe the next one's sold but my 2025 would be yours there well you i'll tell you what that's the year i retire so you know i appreciate the retirement gift my man yeah <laughs> he said gift gift yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the shipping and handling, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. It's be pricey. I handle shipping yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, we were gonna we were gonna talk big baits, but we've been going about an hour and a half, so I think we're gonna have to have Byron back. Yeah, let's let's do another episode. Talk about talk about big Say baits. When? Talk about fishing big baits. Uh, we get a lot of people asking questions about about them and thinking they need yeah, to go so, out and, so and get on those next time. And, next time, no business. Nope, all fishing. All, all fishing. fishing. All fishing, fishing is business. Business it is. is fishing? <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, yeah, we want to talk about, you know, getting into it and and cuz a lot of a lot of folks want to get into it and they don't know where to start and yeah. and yeah. you know as well as anybody, you don't need to go out and buy a $500 custom swim bait and all of this. There's ways to get into it. No, get a feel for a things and build up. Or, or exactly. I mean, whatever. Dude, I was fishing out of a, a borrowed John boat in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And still catching giants on swim baits. Um, oh, yeah. But that was that was around when I first got into it. So I uh, and I'll say this before I go, but like uh, I fished tournaments all growing up. I mean the BFLs, Bass Club stuff, you know anything around Okeechobee. And then when I moved to Tennessee, like I was kind of burnt out on the tournament thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then I found the big swim bait stuff, and it got me more fired up than ever. You know, now I'll still flip a D bomb. I'll still Nico rig a quiver. Um, that was two really good shameless plugs. Um, awesome. <laughs> you know, magic worm on a drop shot. I'm not above it. Like I still like to catch fish and it pains me to zero. And part of the big swim bait thing is knowing when to put that stuff down. Yeah. And, and skip a Senko, you know, yeah. which is what we had to do at the last fishing university deal. But, uh, yeah. I, you know, if I had my choice, I'm, I'm more content these days fishing where I want to fish when mm-hmm. I want to do it and throwing what I want to throw. And, uh, hopefully they eat it, you know, that's but, right. But, and it's more fun to me, but it, it's just, it's kind of where I'm at. You know, yep, I don't, absolutely. I, it's tough for me to justify spending all the money on entry fees to my wife and girls. Uh, and then possibly coming home with nothing. Cause I went to a sucky lake at a shitty time of year. Yep. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Amen. So, so all your entry fees go to big baits. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trey, you're not supposed to say yeah, that. Yeah, she's not going <laughs> to listen to this. We'll get our editor to beat that out. Like your swear <laughs> yeah, word. No, dude. I got nothing to hide. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll get you back on and we're just going to talk fishing. We The business, there's a lot lot of really good insight in there and mm-hmm. a lot of things are going to help folks because uh, it's a lot of the questions we get. Uh, from young guys that we talk to, we have a lot of high school and college anglers that we talk to and stuff. And, and that's always, always a topic that comes up. So uh, yeah. we'll get you on just to talk fishing. Um, just 
wrapping up, you know, plug, uh, we know missile baits, you can plug how to get to that. And any, anybody else you want to throw out there, you know, this is your opportunity to, to throw those plugs out there. Yeah. So missile, we're in all of your finest independent tackle shops and online mm-hmm. retailers. Um, if you, if you don't see them where you're shopping, tell them to ask for it or call me or email me and I'll, I'll get them in there. But, um, so missile baits, and we've got our own website, missilebaits.com. Um, and then, you know, Skeeter boats and that's, uh, I try to, I don't, I don't have a lot of sponsors just cause I don't want to deal with it, but <laughs> you know, missile Skeeter, um, I'm a big fan of Leviathan stuff. That's more of a yep. swim bait thing. Although they do make really good bass rods. That's pretty. Um, yeah. And, but we can talk about all that stuff later, but, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not really full of shameless plugs. Um, yeah. you know, got a lot of friends in the industry and, uh, that make a lot of good baits and, and rods and whatnot and do what we can to help them. So we appreciate you, uh, you joining us, man. And, and this is just part one next time. It'll be yeah. all big bait oh. Byron fishing. That's right. Yeah. And we will get after it. So Pete, you got anything? No, man. I appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Uh, I was, no, I, I, guys, I'm, I'm honored that you would ask me. So I've enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a ton of fun. Uh, looking forward to seeing you at some shows. I'm not going to ICAST this year, so you won't yeah. see what? there, but yeah. I'm saving my vacation to go fishing instead this year. So Stained is playing Friday night after I cast in Orlando. Oh, are they? Dude, Aaron Lewis is awesome. Oh, that's I got Aaron Lewis into the old big bait game there. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, yeah, we can save that for the next one. But yeah, yeah, we'll save that for the next one. This year's I cast is gonna be a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I might have to might have to have a change of plans then. He, I mean, <laughs> he'll be down there. <laughs> it's a business expense. <laughs> true, you're right. Chelsea's yeah. got to go, right? Yep, she does. Yep, that's I true. Mean, technically, you could just go for free because yeah. Matt Cashin's going to pay her way, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Love you, Matt Cashin. Yeah, man. Good <laughs> but, stuff, man. Yeah, man. So yeah. yeah, we'll look forward. We'll get you back on to talk fishing and uh, appreciate you taking time to, uh, to share, you know, 20 plus years of uh, industry insight. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right, man. Appreciate you, All man. Right. Big bait Byron. We'll catch you on the flip. All right. Appreciate it guys. Later. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God. It's a toad. It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's gonna be a bad day.